Dadhood. Modern Dadhood Podcast. Uh, welcome back. Adam, it's was, so good to see you again. Oh, I was over the top. It was, was too it, much. Was it too much? It you want to try so it again? Welcome back. Adam, hi. It's great to be here again. Yeah, you know what? It's always been nice to have you here, Mark. You're, you're, it's always, it's always just comfortable to be in the room with you. That gives me such a fuzzy feeling, like a warm, fuzzy feeling deep inside. I can't tell if you're being sincere or sarcastic or what. That's exactly how I like it. Modern Dadhood is an ongoing conversation about the joys, the challenges, and the general insanity of being a dad in this moment. That's right. I am. Uh, I'm Mark Checkett. I am a dad. I have twin boy toddlers. And, and you, Adam? My name's Adam Flaherty, father of two daughters, six and three. What a wild ride. I happen to know, because we're friends and I follow you on social media, that this past week, something changed in your life. That's right. Um, it's been big. It's been a big change, big adjustment. My boys just started daycare. That's tough. How did it go? I paused so that you could put like a, an ominous crazy sound oh, uh, or maybe like a car crash sound or something. Okay. There. Well, uh, here's your sound effect. Wow. You, that was great. I think it's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm guessing it was a, a, a bit emotionally challenging week. Yeah. It's been a big adjustment. It's been a hard adjustment for all of us. Basically. Um, I'll give you like a little background there. They were 21 months old when they started. I don't know if that's unique or not. I know some kids uh, in the neighborhood, they go right away. You know, they're only a month or two old or something like that. Maybe when some, when some kids go. Yeah. Both my girls went into daycare as soon as my wife's maternity leave was up. Okay. So that was, you know, 12 weeks ish. Oh, wow. Wow. So I don't know. I I suppose both situations present problems. Um, For us, it was, they were used to being at home all day, every day. We had a, a nanny and beyond that, my wife works from home. So she was kind of ever present in their lives. So that made it um, I mean, you know, our situation is our situation, but for us, that made it really difficult. I can um, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a little nuts. We did like a trial run. Um, we, we just went there for like an hour one day and just hung out. It's a good thing to do. We get them, get them yeah. used to the environment a they, little bit. The they, people. S- they see the room, you know, they see that there's other kids there having a good time. Mostly Tri- trial run with the toys. Exactly. Yeah. They got, they, they immediately found toys that they were just like, put me down. I want to play with that. So that was good. That was a good sign. Um, but man, day one drop off was, I mean, there were so many tears. I could have, I could have swam out of there. Um, childhood tears only. Actually, childhood tears only. Yeah, both both Jamie and I kind of held it together, but it changed definitely changed for me a couple of days in when they started to anticipate that we were going to go away. They it's knew. like a it's like a dog went that who, that you have to take to the vet, and they know anytime they you right know, anytime they're in the car and they, you you take this particular yep. right turn, they clamor up. Yep, yep. Their tail just tucks a little bit. The ears right. go down. The eyes get really big. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, and that really tugs at the heartstrings when that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing starts to happen. And, and I think it was day three, you know, there's a little routine. You go, you get in the room, you take their coats off, you hang them up. They take their little water bottles and they got to go put them in the little water bottle bin across the room. So there's some um, activities to do right away to kind of divert their attention. And on day three, we did those things. And one of my kids, um, he did the coat fine. He did the water bottle fine. I was like, oh man, this is great. He's already getting used to it. He's, he's totally fine. So then I knelt down 
to get like his level. And I said, okay, all right, bud, I'm, I'm going to go, got to go to work. I got to go to work and you're going to stay here and play all day. I'm trying to be excited about it. And this look on his face went, it went from like, uh, you know, everything's hunky dory to, oh, I remember this part. And, but it was, it was so, it was so adorable because it looked to me anyway, like he was trying to hold it together a little bit. Mm. Meanwhile, my wife is with the other, the other boy who is losing his mind. I mean, he's just off the wall. And sometimes when you, it's the, the seeing other people melting down that actually yeah. does it to, to you too. Yeah. And I think, I think my other son was kind of ignoring all of that until I got down on his level, which maybe that was a mistake. Was I don't the reality know. Check. Yeah. Maybe I was doing that more for me than I was for him. But the last thing we do is walk them over to the big window where they can see mommy and daddy drive, drive away. And we get one more little wave. Goodbye. And um, I'm holding his hand walking over there. And I look down at him and his lower lip was just like maximum pout. Oh. It was way out there. And it was, oh, man, dude, I felt like such I felt like such a this this like pang deep inside. It hurts. Oh, it really was painful. It, it was hurts. really painful. And, and, and I didn't experience that even when I left at three weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just, I don't know, they were just little lumps back then. And now they're these like, you know, they're formed human beings and they've got emotions and feelings and they can anticipate things. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, it didn't fully destroy me, but it stayed with me that the rest of the day, every time I shut my eyes, it was hard to pay attention at work that day. It, yeah, it really, it can really hurt. It can really hurt. My girls, like I said, have been going into daycare since they were very, very young. And I will tell you from a dad to a dad that it, it gets better. I think that routine is key, you know, to get to distract mm. them, get them thinking about what their routine and what they're supposed to be doing. But what I experienced with my girls is that they went through phases where it would be drop offs would be super easy. Mm. And then for whatever reason, maybe it was we had a vacation or a long weekend and, oh, and right. just enough home time for them to kind of reset. And then for several days, drop-offs would be really hard. And like there were times when my daughter, who's who's six now, didn't want to let go of me. Oh, you know, she was man. holding on to me and I had to pry, you, you know, literally you know, have a, another person who I don't even know well, right. who I trust, but I don't know well, pry her off of me. Yeah, we, we've definitely, there is power in that routine and we've seen that already in other aspects and I just... This transition is tough. It is tough, but you will get through it. I hope. I promise. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do. I do. Thank you. So dads, if you've listened to the episodes preceding this one, you know that each episode of Modern Dadhood sort of has a specific theme or topic. This one's structured a little bit differently as it's really more or less centered around our guest and his unique fatherhood experience. Yeah, I'm really excited about today's episode, even though the the, the format's going to be maybe just a little bit different. But our guest today um, is a pretty cool person. Um, I think some of the dads out there might recognize him. He's been in a, a few films and some television shows that you might be familiar with. Just a couple, though. Just a couple. We got The Rocketeer. Great movie. Heaven's Gate. I know you love that one. Mm. He was in a bunch of episodes of... X-Files. My wife. My wife loves X-Files. A film called Pin. Heard of it? Love Pin. Adam's a big fan of Pin. Super uncomfortable in <laughs> the best of ways. He was, he was actually in old school as well. Uh, he was recently on the show Patriot on Amazon. Um, he was on Star Trek back in the day, Next Generation. And um, there's one more show that I'm trying to remember. I just can't quite 
it's just lost in my mind. This is my destiny. This is... I'm supposed to do this, damn it! Don't tell me what I can't do! Oh, that's right, Adam. Lost. We all know our next guest uh, from these many, many appearances that he's made over the years. But, you know, there are a few people in the world that know our next guest as just dad. And I don't mean just dad. I mean dad. Dad. Dad! Dad! Terry O'Quinn is joining us momentarily uh, now. Terry is someone that I've had the pleasure of crossing paths with a small handful of times in the last decade or so. Uh, and for me, it was just a no-brainer to, to share the podcast with him and invite him to come on and talk about his own dadhood experience. Terry, how's it going? Hi, Adam. That's Adam, I trust. That's right. It's Adam. Yeah, it's, it's uh, been a while. Uh, indeed, yeah. I feel like I want to say, hello, old friend. Well, you can say that. I'll consider it said. We've got a little bit of a, a history. I don't know. Do you remember uh, anything about our first interactions? I remember the song. <laughs> All right. To give the dads listening a quick bit of context, in 2006 or so, I had a band called The Sea Captains. Uh, my good friend Tim Collins was writing the music, and one of our early songs was inspired by Lost, which was immensely popular at the time. There were lots of references to John Locke and the song, and we thought that Terry might get a kick out of it, so we mailed it to him in Hawaii, where they filmed, and Terry let us know how much he loved it. And then years later, probably in 2012 or 13, I was in San Diego for Comic-Con. I was doing some filming, and I saw that Terry was also going to be there, so I reached out, and we connected in person and shook hands and had a great conversation. So, Terry, it's pretty thrilling that that so many years later that you still remember the sea captains. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I was just talking with Kate about that. That was a real a real surprise and a real treat. So thanks for that. That's a, a really fun memory. Yeah, and for me too. You're welcome. Mark Checkett is my co-host here on Modern Dadhood. Hello, Terry. Hi, Mark. Great to meet you. Thanks for doing this. I'm happy to. Terry, I remember when we met in person that you were telling me a story about several of your brothers. And when Mark was doing research to prep for this conversation, he read that you're actually one of 11. That's right. My mother had 11 children. Um, my The first two were by another man, not my father, my father. And then she, then she had nine more by my dad. And I was the seventh of the 11. So the, or the fifth of my father's my biological father's children. Wow, wow. What do you remember about your relationship with your father growing up in a family that was so large? My father was pretty much an authority figure. A figure, you know, he was the one who, primarily we probably remembered him as the one who doled out the punishment because uh, if you crossed him, <laughs> you could be in trouble. He had to keep order in the house. In the early 80s, you had two sons. Yeah, one in 81 and one in 83. All right, so their their ages are very much in line with, with Mark and myself. You had already been acting for, for quite a while when you had your boys. Have they always known you as an actor? Yeah, they have. I've always, that's that's all, all I've done in the course of their lives. I, was, I started acting out of university in 75, 76. That's Pretty much all I've done outside of the, when I first got to New York, the, uh, you know, the gig running deliveries around Manhattan to try to make a little change. And, uh, but, but that was, that was about it. It was all just acting. 
So was there a lot of travel involved for you? And did that keep you away from home a lot of the time? Or did- Well, it was a bit of both. I, uh, I traveled uh, quite a bit when my, because they were born in Maryland. I bet my, I met my wife, now ex-wife in Maryland. We just set up home there. That became home. Both the boys were born there. So, uh, anytime I worked, it wasn't there. I was always, I was always gone if I worked. And, you know, if I spent half the year working, and this is still true, if I spend, if I can spend five or six months working, that's a good year, which means I get to be home more than the average dad. But I'm also, oddly enough, I would be away more than the average dad, Mm. you know, extended periods. And occasionally they went, they, you know, we went to, uh, we went to LA of, we probably spent a, I'm trying to think, maybe a year in L.A. at one point. Um, we went to New York at one point when the kids were small, and we lived in Queens, and we lived in Bronxville for, you know, but probably for the 18 or 20 years until they had grown up, we probably lived for at least 15 of those years in Maryland, around the city of Baltimore, usually on the outside. So, yeah, I was gone. I was gone. uh quite a bit. And when I was there, I was there for extended periods as well. Not a common sort of existence at all, I don't think. <laughs> so I would imagine that um, for many years when they were growing up, people would see you out or see, see your family out and, and do a double take because they recognized you from something, you know, from a film or, um, or television. Was that, how did they react to you being recognized by people? I don't think they knew any other way for people to deal with me. And it, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a terribly common thing where we lived. It was almost in the country primarily. And when you live in a certain area, you go to the same grocery store. When you go to the same coffee shop, the same restaurants, people become accustomed to you pretty quickly. And there, it's not like there are a lot of people rolling through from other cities and stuff or so um, they were used to it when it did happen. I live now in, in Virginia Beach, and the, the people I see here are pretty used to me. And uh, once or twice a day, maybe if I'm out and about, people will say something or make a big deal, but not too much. I don't tend to draw that kind of attention. I certainly don't try to. Did you see a pretty big shift in the early 2000s when yeah, they were college? Just starting college, maybe? With the success of Lost Season 1? Yeah, I mean there was a bit more of that. Um, yeah, it probably it probably doubled. But um, I tried to stay with the normalcy, the normal part of my life as much as I could, and not let any of that other stuff catch me up. And it didn't, it hasn't really, because I've never lived in uh, in L.A. or New York. And so my sons, I think, I think they just saw it as kind of weird, but uh, just a part of life. And, I remember once I made a, I, there was a movie, uh, uh, what was it? The comedy with uh, Luke uh, Wilson. Old school. Oh, old school, yeah. Oh, yeah, old school. Yeah, see, that was not a big deal to me, so because <laughs> so, I can't remember the name of it. So I didn't tell my sons, I never even mentioned to them that I was in that movie. It wasn't like it was a big secret. I just, it just didn't come up. And uh, they went to see the movie together. They told me this afterwards and they were looking. And I think the first shot was me, I think in a reflection in a window or something. And I started talking and they said, they looked at each other and said, is, it, is that bad? 
That's fantastic. Did you know Dad was in this movie? Did he tell you he was in it? It's like with a wonderful mustache in that movie as well. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, that's very particular. I was at. I had that sort of Clark Gable mustache for a few years there. <laughs> kind of weird when I look at the pictures now, but I think I was. That was the same way as in Millennium. I think I had that weird little mustache. But, uh, but wonderful is a better word for it. So, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> I, uh, I wonder if there was any time that you recall as your, your kids are growing up that you kind of had to sit down and explain a little bit about what it is that you do and that your job is maybe a, a little bit different in some capacity than, than a lot of other people. Do you recall something like that ever taking place? I think there might have been elements that are, you know, a bit of that maybe here and there, but it was more something that they kind of absorbed simply because of what was normal to their lives. The fact that I was home and might be home for a month or might be home for six months or a whole freaking year, which was, they would know, they would know then because things would get strained. They would, you know, they would sense tension because uh, there would be financial pressures and things like that. And they would understand that. So, you know, I think those kinds of things might've gotten dropped, you know, once or twice, but I never had to really sit down and said, listen, here's what my life is like. And, I think they've basically figured it out. We were talking about uh, Lost just the other day as we were prepping for this. Uh, and because we're the same age as your sons, we were thinking about when we were in, you know, in college or just graduating college and really how that was. Mark, you were saying, and I think it makes a lot of sense that Lost was probably the first show that sort of inspired this um, binge watching idea. Yeah. Almost, and, and at a time, you know, we, Adam and I were trying to put ourselves back in that, that mindset of being in that, that time period before it was before Netflix and it was before all of that kind of stuff. And you would still actually have watching parties. I don't know what of our listeners out there, I'm sure some of them were, were part of that, you know, back in the day, X-Files is actually another good example of a show that probably had really religious watch parties where people would get you together. Guys, uh, you guys aren't, 75 years old. I'm sure there are a lot of people who did that. <laughs> you guys are talking like that was a dark age. It, it's funny. It, it just feels so far, far back in the past, but you're right. It's not, I mean, it's really not, you know, I wonder where your kids, were they going to lost parties at the time? And if they were, I kind of, Adam and I started joking. We wondered if maybe they were part of these lost parties where a lot of the other people were almost kind of keeping one eye on the TV, but one eye on them to see if they would reveal any kind of information. And, uh, you know, what was, what was that time like, uh, for them? Do you recall? I think that, um, both of my sons were pretty chill about it. I think it depends on the family. I'm not unlike my father in that I'm, I'm kind of restrained in, in terms of, um, how, how much I engage or how excited I might get about something like that. But I mean, and typically for me, if there was something that I was that much that into that I wanted to watch it, I, I never saw a party as the best way to do it. I always thought, you know, I'd rather sit in a room by myself and not miss a word or a second. And I think my sons are not, uh, are, are kind of like me and, and my father in that respect. They, I don't think they got heavily into it. I don't, I, I don't even know. I'd have to ask them now and say, like, how much did people talk to you guys about that stuff? Because uh, I'm not really sure, but I don't think they were. I know that they uh, they might go and spend some time or go hang out to a party or go to a dinner or w- with people and uh, and leave those people 
after a night or a day or even a week without those people knowing who I was. Well, we, we want to be respectful of your time. I, I, I did want to ask, are there any stories about your boys or about you being a father that have always just resonated with you and, and you always remember and, and talk about? Well, well, this is, I mean, there's a story, but it's actually about me and that's unfortunate, but it's typical of my, of my, probably of my father and then of me. And it's also probably true of my son, at least the oldest son, Oliver. <laughs> Note to self, when you walk into the hospital room, wherein your wife is holding your firstborn infant, and she looks at you and says, oh, dear, don't you just love him? Don't respond with, love him, I don't even know him. <laughs> that's fantastic. That is. That sounds like good advice. I mean, that's like a Mr. Spock. <laughs> it was very. It's very logical. It's very logical, and it's good pure comedy. Just maybe in a setting where that comedy isn't isn't welcomed. <laughs> yeah, it was not terribly welcome. It took me a while, and in fact, I never lived it down from oh, man. From, from her. I never. It never came to an end. I would hear that one. <laughs> things got rough. So that's the curse of the Quinn of the Quinn men. So dads, if you want to see what Terry has been up to most recently, check out Perpetual Grace Limited on Epics. Check out Patriot on Amazon. Twitter, it is at O'Quinn Terry. You can also find him on Instagram where there's always uh, entertaining photos being put up with great captions. <laughs> is there anywhere else that people can follow what you're up to, Terry? Nope. That's it. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for, uh, again, always being so kind and so generous. I'm super thrilled to have you on Modern Dadhood, and we hope to see something brand new from you very soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Terry. Ah, oh, well, that was a great conversation. Yeah, Terry. What a guy. A, yeah. Very gracious with his time today, and that's for sure. If you're interested in hearing the full conversation with Terry, you can go to moderndadhood.com to learn about where you can find that bonus content. So having a conversation like that uh, makes me um, think of how awful it is to talk to toddlers. You ever had a conversation with a toddler? I have, in fact. And they can, be, uh, they can be entertaining. They can be uh, tough. They can be hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah. At best. Um, it's definitely a cute thing that happens when you have your own kids and they, they sort of hit this language explosion, which my boys are going through right now. Uh, they're just more and more words finding their way into the lexicon every day, almost every minute of every day. Sometimes they say things and we're like, how do you even know that? How do you even know that? Um, but you know what I thought would be fun today? Well, it feels like you're leading into a segment. Yeah. I don't know if you heard, but I just pulled my computer even closer to me. Yeah, heard that scratch <laughs> along the table. Um, Buff that out later. I, I, sorry, sorry about the table. I thought it would be a lot of fun for me to play some clips. I've been recording them lately with my phone. I want to play clips of my boys saying, what are common words in our household? I'm going to give you multiple choice uh, answers, and I'm going to see if you can tell me if you uh, know what they're saying. In a segment called Talking with Toddlers. All right, far out. Let's go. <laughs> okay, ready? All right, here's the first one. Let me hit. Let me hit a little volume on that, bad Larry. 
Okay, so I'm going to repeat back to you the sound that I'm hearing because okay. that's going to help me in my yeah. process. And then I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you four multiple uh, choice. Okay, one more time. From. Ready? Movas. Movas. <laughs> you sound just he like him. Movas. All right, so is he saying A, loofahs, B, school bus, C, toolbox, or D, John Paul Jones was the true genius behind some of Led Zeppelin's best music? Would you like to hear it again? Yeah, give it to me one more time. I'm going to go with process of elimination to start. I don't think that um, your boys have any reason to be talking about loofahs. That's brilliant. The John Paul Jones one is fantastic. Uh, and no offense, I know they're very, very intelligent, but I don't, I, I'm not sure that they're quite at that level yet. Okay. I, I might be wrong. Okay. Okay. Um, but I do know that you told me a story recently mm. about throwing a school bus at the dog. Is that your answer? I'm going to have to go with B. Ding, 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 All ding, right. ding. yes. Nice, nice. This School is good. Bus. Okay, now you're going to hear the other boy in this one, okay? The other boy. The other the, boy. The, the, uh, it's, not like a f- it's not like a favorite and then a second favorite. No, we actually named this one The Other Boy. Oh. Yeah, that's how, that's how much we love him. Okay, ready? Give it to me. Geeky. Geeky. <laughs> let, me hit, let me hit you again with it. Geeky. Geeky is nice. All right. So, okay. Is, is he saying A, tricky, B, kitten, C, sticker, or D, aliens was better than alien and you won't change my mind? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you on this one mm-hmm. because I think that it... I don't need to hear it again. I'm okay. fairly certain it's B, but I don't think it's kitten. I think, mm. and you, I think that you don't even know this, mm. <laughs> that he and I are in the same uh-huh. mind space, and he's saying, he's saying kitty, kitty. I'm sorry, you're wrong. Oh, mm. I'm sorry. I'm it? sorry. He's saying sticker. No, he's not. He is. Was he holding a sticker book? Yeah. He, big sticker fans at the moment. Consider my mind blown. Okay. Give me another one. I got another one for you. Okay. Here we go. Back to first. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Doggy. That one's clear as day. I mean, everybody knows that that's doggy, but, but I'd like to hear the multiple choice anyway, because it's doggy. Yeah. Okay. Is he saying a coffee, B groggy, C doggy, or D I apologize if I was being pedantic earlier. (laughs) Oh, thank you. You, you. This is really brightening my day. This, uh-huh. this is comedy. Um, well, you know what? I need to take a step back because I, I thought it was just crystal clear that he was saying doggy, but I know that you're a big coffee drinker. I know that you love your coffee. You a damn detective. And I may switch over to coffee, even though all of me heard him say doggy. I'm going to take a leap of faith and go to A, coffee. It paid off. Really? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right. So was I two for three? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's here's the last one. Here's the last one. A little background noise in this one, so I apologize, but let's listen to that again. Okay. I've got a great piece of software that can remove that background noise. Yeah. Really? Isotope. I've not heard of this. It's amazing. I'll have to check it out. Nope. We're gonna go for an endorsement here. I mean, isotope. No, it's isotope with a Z. Oh, I mean, 
Oh, Isotope. Mm-hmm. I love that software. I use it every day. It really works wonders. Go ahead. One more time. Okay. One more time. And then I will give you the multiple choice. Ba-ba. All right. Is he saying A, button? Ba-ba. B, lunchbox? C, putt-putt? Or D, it was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabelle Lee. So I know, I know little about your boys, but I do know that one of them is an accomplished poet. So in, on this one, I am inclined to, I'm inclined to go with D, but truthfully, I, I have no idea. But, but, <laughs> I, I don't think it's putt, putt. I don't know. You know what? What might be fun is to open this one up to the listeners. You're just going to leave it open-ended. I think so. Maybe right? I'll find out when we stop recording, but I think it would be fun to open it up to the listeners. Dad's listening. Email us at hey, H-E-Y, at moderndadhood.com with what you think Mark's son is saying, and he will play it for you again now. I'm going to give it you one more time. And is it A, button, B, lunchbox, C, putt-putt, or D, a passage from the poem Annabelle Lee by Edgar Allan Poe? And with that, we are going to wrap up this episode of Modern Dadhood. Dads, you can find us at moderndadhood.com. Find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you would be so kind as to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you do listen, it would be so much appreciated. And we don't just, that's not just something that we say. Those reviews really do help promote our podcast to other dads who might be interested in listening. But another great way to do that is to... Tell your dad friends about us while Adam sings the word too in the background. Yeah, tell your dad friends. The word of mouth thing is so very important to us. A major thank you to Casper Baby Pants for the wonderful music for the podcast, to Spencer Albee for collaborating on that music, and to Nick Rose, who is our phenomenal intern who helps us out in countless ways. And thank you for listening. <laughs>